Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we are taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. I'm Jarf, and listeners, I've got great news. Tierney is back. Hello, Tierney. I'm mostly recovered. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are glad to hear it. And we have not one, but two great guests for you this week. First, comedian and Tom Hanks enthusiast, Ashley Burdett of the Talkin' Hanks podcast. Welcome, Ashley. Oh my gosh. Hi, guys. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. What a treat. I'm excited to talk Hanks with you. Oh, let's talk Hanks for hours. I'm ready. (laughs) Hopefully, you will not regret that statement. Right, your podcast is like six hours long, right? Because I'm ready to talk about Tom Hanks for six hours long. (laughs) Hopefully, it will not be six hours long from our next guest's perspective, because it is midnight (laughs) her time. Oh, shoot. So, (laughs) also joining us is Clarice Lockery, the host of That Darn Movie Show and film critic for The Independent. Welcome, Clarice. Hi, I'm in the UK. That's why it's so late here. (laughs) But it's good. It's not your fault. (laughs) How dare you choose to live in your country? (laughs) How dare I? How dare I? (laughs) Well, we have several different time zones and three different countries represented tonight. And we are going to talk about minute 73 of Joe versus the volcano. There will be no language barrier. No language barrier. (laughs) Just the, no just the barrier of time and space, but we will traverse <laughs> that. And our minute starts with Patricia lying comatose on the trunk raft, and it ends with Joe carefully pouring out a cap full of water. So we're getting some really precious on the raft survival minute for you. At this point, I was like, well, she's for sure dead, though. Like, if she's not waking up by now, like, is, are we watching her? Is she dead? She's dead. I had that thought, too. Not that too. sort of movie. I know. I know it wasn't. But then I, it's also such a strange movie that I'm like, maybe she is. And it's like some sort of crazy afterlife situation. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that would explain the entire ending of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I should say I love this movie. But like, from this point on in the film, it's just like, this is a hallucination. <laughs> These things are Well, I feel like the whole movie is slightly bonkers. Like, there's... uh, This is going back to the beginning, so I'll just do this briefly, but there's, like, half of a fireplace in his apartment. Yes! Did you notice that? Yeah. So you're like, is this movie real? Yeah, I feel like this is the point where it, it goes from, like, slightly weird dystopian Terry Gilliam Brazil vibes to, oh, this is... <laughs> Someone took drugs at some point (laughs) on this ocean journey, and now we're in it. Uh, (laughs) Now we're in it. Before we get into the trip portion of our movie, (laughs) now when I watch this scene, all I can think of is the end of Titanic. Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. If only Jack had had more doors. Everything could have been fine. More doors, more luggage. The way he pulls himself up, uh, like he ties the final knot, pulls himself up onto the raft and like collapses. And it's that beautiful overhead shot of the two of them lying on the raft, both sprawled out. And I'm just like, could all been different, man. (laughs) Who knew that Titanic referenced Joe versus the volcano so heavily? It's very clear, obviously. (laughs) It very, it very, very much is. Everyone else went down with the ship. (laughs) oh no wait oh yeah i just realized that he does a very good job building this raft though i gotta give a shout out this is an 
excellent raft. And then the, it shows him like how he's put them so he can still open and close the different trunks. I mean, that's beautiful. That was very smart because if I was building that raft, I would be very satisfied with myself. I'd have it all tied together. I'd say, yes, we're going to survive. And then I would realize the doors were on the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Totally couldn't get any of the things inside. Are all facing in so you can't actually open it. (laughs) (laughs) I just assumed that all the luggages were empty. That's why they're floating so well. But yeah, he keeps taking stuff out of them. Yep. No, they're, they're, as the luggage salesman, tight. Tight as a drum. Tight as a drum. And they're (laughs) strategically filled with all the items that you need (laughs) to survive and entertain yourself while stranded at sea. Well, this is the beginning of, uh, we referred to his shopping trip in New York City as Chekhov's shopping trip, and now it's paying off. Yes, I, now I we're getting the I will say, payoff. though, it's not, like, everything he needs to survive, because there's no, like, food. <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's great, because it's like, hey, I'm going to starve in the ocean, but at least I'm going to have a clean pair of underwear every single day. So <laughs> That's it's, true. He could have yeah. probably swapped off, say, the mini putt set for... So, mm. some dried meat or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something. And more water. Water enough yeah, for more, more than, than one person. Yeah, more than just this bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, he needed a shaving kit. He needed to make sure that he was like clean shaven. Oh my gosh. So she changes. I think what kind of gave it away to me of she's not dead is that Patricia changes position. Like every time we see her on the raft, her legs are slightly different or her arm has moved. So that's true. It helps a little bit right now. We could get super creepy and Joe is moving her, blah, blah, blah. But it does. (laughs) He's moving her to make it look like she's still alive. (laughs) It does help like telegraph. Deleted scenes of Tom Hanks just reposing Meg Ryan in the most dramatic. (laughs) Sweeping her hair. There we go. She's alive. We're good. It'll be like a weekend at Bernie's situation. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But no one's there to witness it. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me hanging out with this corpse. Right. Hey, are you two okay on that raft? And Joe is just waving Patricia's arm. We're fine. (laughs) We're good. We love being together on this raft, dying together because we're both still alive. It's fine. Oh, that's hilarious. So we've talked now and again on the podcast about this being a dreamlike movie. And it Mm -hmm. made me start to wonder, sometimes I pose these alternate takes to Tierney, who saw this movie as a child and and so is very sort of attached to (laughs) That was a very nice way of putting it. (laughs) And how would you feel if they actually played that scenario out, Wizard of Oz style? and have the last scene of the movie post-volcano be Joe wakes up at his desk and he's back in his office. Oh, wow. But... Oof. But in like a hopeful way. So it, it's maybe Patricia <gasps> oh says, it's always going to be something with you, isn't it, Joe? Joe, Joe. No. And then he's being woken up at work. No. But then I he looks at Dee Dee how- like, oh, may- I'm going to try something with Dee Dee, that kind of thing. No, what I want is he wakes up at work. He looks at his lamp, which is going around. And the camera stays on the lamp moving around. You hear Joe go out and give his quitting speech. Oh. So you're just hearing that as it as the lamp is going around and then it fades to black and so you know that he's quitting and you know that he's doing his thing. I could get behind that. I could totally get behind that ending. <laughs> that is the only way I will accept him being back in that office. Yeah. Is if he immediately <laughs> leaves it. <laughs> right. 
Yes. Mm, I can actually picture Tom Hanks delivering that performance because he can do so much with just a small physical delivery. And he would slowly get up from the desk. And he, this is back. This is mullet Joe, sickly Joe. But he's, (laughs) he's realized through the dream, you know what? I'm not really sick. It it would just, I have to be able to face my fears. So he would kind of stand up straighter and shake that off and then go out and Mm. give that quitting speech. Ooh, man, I like this movie. Who should we do this movie? Oh my god, Jarf. You know what you would really like is if the last line of the movie was after he asks Dee Dee out and she goes, what a change or whatever. I can't Uh. remember how that line starts. Wow, what a change. And and that's it. That's the end of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. They'd have like an iris in and yeah, I'd like that. That'd be great. I'd be totally... I need him to meet Patricia, though, because yeah. she was she was the one. See, I'm Team Dee Dee, so that's why I'm Are in you favor team of Dee Dee? This, this ending. That's why I knew you would enjoy that. <laughs> right. If Dee Dee had the last line of the movie, even if it was just voiceover, I think you would be on board. Yeah. So one of the things that we've asked our guests on our Monday episodes is their thoughts on Meg Ryan's career as a whole. Meg Ryan Monday. I can't say that we've remembered to do it every time since we came <laughs> up with the bit, but I thought since Meg Ryan gets a little bit of short shrift in this minute, since she's just Cinderella girl or Sleeping Beauty girl. So Clarice, do you want to? My thoughts on Meg Ryan. Yes. I, I have always loved her because I I feel was very like emblematic of the 90s. Like she just was like the woman of the 90s for me. And she kind of represented i don't know like that feeling of where we were with like (laughs) feminism and what does it mean to be a woman and it's like this sort of like the fact that she was always so self-consciously goofy and weird and it was fine and she was like pretty but also like kind of weird and and messy and her hair was always like flopping all over the place i like that she's always been this just mess of contradictions and yeah i think that was cool she just i don't know she just makes me think of the 90s (laughs) I I like the idea of tracing the history of the 90s via Meg Ryan. Yeah. It kind of fits. It really does. Yeah, it's like she just was the 90s (laughs) as a person. If you put all of the 90s inside one person, it would be Meg Ryan. It's totally true. And one of the things that I like about that answer, the reason that I'm Team DD is that I really like comedy Meg Ryan. And I like that she does so much in that performance uh, of being messy and snivelly and awkward. And you, you saw what she didn't get to do a ton of in her career in that early performance. I didn't even know... To be honest, I didn't even know that that was her when I first started watching. I knew Meg Ryan was in it, but Dee Dee, I was like, oh, who's that tiny mouse of a woman? Like, she's so small. Oh my God, that's Meg Ryan. That's crazy. You were not alone there. Yeah. I was like, she looks weirdly like Meg Ryan. That's weird that they would put a kind of Meg Ryan person in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It took me a second as well, because I was like... That's Meg Ryan's face, but something's different. Something's weird. Yes, totally. Yeah. I don't think she got the career she deserved personally, because I think she's so beautifully effortless and sleepless in Seattle. And like, she just has this, like you said, Clarice, this way about her that's just like messy and wonderful. And I just don't know if she got the career that she deserved. I think she deserved so much more than she, that she did and got. Mm, I think it's the problem that like, once the 90s ended, 
Like, if you compare her career to Tom Hanks, it's like, once she kind of aged out of the, like, cutesy rom-com age, it's like, that's it for Meg Ryan. That's, like, the really kind of sad part of her career is that she deserved to, like, have the career that Tom Hanks has now. Yeah, still playing, like, those kinds of lovable roles, but in a more sort of, I don't know, prestige. You know, put her in, like, a Noah Baumbach or, like, a, you know, something glitzy and, like, with an auteur. It's it's smart and you know like she kind of deserves that stuff and it's it's frustrating to see that she she never got to have that second half of her career that she deserved yeah i totally agree with that i totally agree i'm absolutely picturing um it wouldn't be opposite adam driver but if you cast someone her age marriage story i've only seen the one clip but scarlett johansson in that movie i could absolutely see meg ryan doing what i saw her doing her and ben stiller also i don't know if they're the same right ages but yeah like they're close enough they're close enough yeah i I will give it meg ryan i i mean get yours whatever you want her opposite adam driver would have been a little bit weird Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's just enough of an age difference where it would have been like it would have been a thing it would have been a thing give me a meg ryan and tom hanks now give me a messy story of them in their 60s and 50s and and let me see what that looks like because we all know we love them together that would be really interesting that one has to have a happy ending though it 100 has to there's no (laughs) way riding in the streets (laughs) yes i would love to see like a tom hanks bad marriage movie because i think he's like he's so happy with rita wilson and that's beautiful and lovely but it's like i now can't imagine the opposite Like, I can't. And we always see him as the good guy, with the exception of a few of his movies where he's been, like, the bad guy. But let me see a, let me see a messy Tom Hanks where you're like, oh, dude, you just said that? I don't want to hear Tom Hanks say that, but I want to see yeah, that. Yeah, imagine Tom Hanks with the speech from Marriage Story where he's like, Oh, my God. I wish you were dead. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be <laughs> insane. Really oh, I want that so bad now. <laughs> Again, but happy redemptive ending. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> truly, truly. If they're going to put us through that, they need to make it up to us at the end. Yes, true. He calls her shop girl, even though that has nothing to do with her characters in the story. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this isn't related to that. So a little bit of a change of gears. I There were some things that I was wondering about technically. We talked about this in previous weeks. So a lot of these shots on the water are in a big tank uh, on a soundstage. Like the Truman Show. Yes, exactly. And it made me wonder when they're establishing, oh, we're really stranded now. And they have that great aerial shot where it's still nighttime, Joe and Patricia on the raft that you mentioned earlier, Tierney. That was my first note. It was just aerial shot of Joe and Patricia on the raft and the little heart emoji. <laughs> and then, then the to transition to- The kind of make a heart shape around them with the way the light is. Sorry. Oh my gosh, I have Just because you said that, that, I'm looking at second 27 and I definitely see the two sides of the heart around them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think subconsciously you'd picked up on that, obviously. I think so, yeah. And it just translated into emoji form. So cut today, and then they show the huge blinding white sun. So now we're getting into stranded territory, and they even have this sort of rattlesnake sound where it's like, (laughs) 
Are we going to <laughs> die of thirst? And then they have this really long, wide shot to show th- that there's nobody around for miles that had to be much, much bigger than the tank. And I was just curious if you had any kind of speculation of how they would get that shot. Is it just is it just a little bit of them in the tank and then sort of green screen of the rest of the ocean? I hate to say it. I think that might just be the tank. Really? Mirrors. Because these tanks that they film in are huge. Remember, they had the boat in the tank at one point. <laughs> True. <laughs> and the raft is small. I'm I'm more wondering if it is a scale model of the raft, but no, because they it comes in on him yeah. moving around and doing his thing. I think it might just be... Now, I think this is probably cut right to the edges, but I mean, I just referenced the Truman Show and that back wall looks exactly... You know, it doesn't actually go on as long as it looks like it does. Right, that part right. is the movie magic. It's that point where he yeah, gets like to the horizon like and then mirrors. like thud and it's yeah, not the, the horizon. Yeah, the difference between wall, yeah. the where the camera is and where the raft is, I could totally see that be in the tank and they just lined it up so they got as much water as they could. Okay. It. Yeah, okay. I'll buy it. That's my theory. So I think that that is really well done because it, it it looks like they're just out on the ocean. And then in a stark contrast, when they do the close up where it's them on the raft, that looks completely fake and green screened to me. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it I agree. actually reminded me of the surfing scenes in Gidget. <laughs> Great movie. 100% agree. I love that movie. But not known for its cinema realistic (laughs) (laughs) i like your combination of i couldn't think halfway through i was like i don't know what's up verite (laughs) there it is wow welcome monday we're here (laughs) cinema realistic (laughs) oh man Anyway, I agree. I think, um, believe me, if anyone wants to dig out some behind the scenes photos that prove me wrong, I'm fine with that because it means I got to see behind the scenes photos. <laughs> Do those exist? Have met? Are there still? I don't. I don't know how much like archival work there's been on Jeffers <laughs> Volcano. Not a lot. <laughs> if, yeah. if any of our listeners have been able to find some, I would certainly love to see it. I have the screenplay, and I found a couple of photos, but they're really just production stills and lobby cards. Not really behind the scenes stuff. And I did find some of the concept art, and so I've shared some of that, and that's cool. But nothing really to the level that would give us that kind of detail. Why there isn't an art of Joe versus a volcano <gasps> coffee table book is beyond <laughs> me. Maybe maybe that's what I have to do after this project. Yeah. Yes, maybe that's that your that's your thing. It's really too bad that none of the people involved in this movie are like hard up for cash these days because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that would be perfect, but I think they're all probably doing doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> they're okay. Well, I don't want to use up all of our great raft content that we have for the rest of the week. So did either of you have anything else for minute 73? Or maybe we could give some space for plugs. Oh, anything to say about the raft? Minute 73. Uh, Just this part up to where he's about to give Patricia the water. Right. That includes the dancing, right? No, it's pre-dancing. Pre-dancing. We we don't dance on Mondays here. Calm down. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, John Lithgow. <laughs> right. The dancing is so beautifully, perfectly Hanks. It's like his, he's, it's his peak, funny, silly, physical comedy Hanks. That's all I'll say about that. It's not my minute to talk about, <laughs> right. but it's per, it's perfect. That's like, like he's perfect. The perfect ad for Wednesday. Like, oh, hi. Yes. Were you debating stopping <laughs> oh, listening to our podcast after this episode? Don't, because we have Don't, not yet because reached let me tell you. Hanks. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we haven't reached the peak and Ashley has a lot to say about it and she has been doing a deep dive into Tom Hanks career so she is the one to say it yes yeah, so yeah listen to my episode of Joe versus the Volcano and talking Hanks because we talk about the entire movie I listened to it it was a great episode thank you I'm just recovering from the idea of talking about the whole movie at a time <laughs> I know it's, it's crazy it's a pretty crazy thing how many Tom Hanks movies have you covered so far Ashley I think I have 20 or some up on nice. there I also strayed a little bit and I did Talking Tom Cruise. So I did a Talking Cruise episode, Talking Cage episode, but I've done about 20 or so of his actual movies. Nice. So only about 107 left to go. <laughs> only about 60 million <laughs> right. more to go. And where can folks find you on the internet, Ashley? If you want to go on my Instagram, I'm underscore birdie, underscore B-U-R-D-I-E. That's where I keep all my comedy and all my stuff there. Yeah. And I think there's a link on my Instagram page to Talking Hanks podcast, which is up and going. And that's the best place to find me because that's where I put all my stuff on uh, Instagram. Awesome. So find Ashley there. And how about you, Clarice? Yeah. Where can people find your writing, your podcast? I put everything on Twitter because I am an aggressive self-promoter. You have to be in this industry, which is sad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just on my Twitter, which is Clarice Lockery or at Clarice Lou, because I tried to put my full in full name in, but it didn't let me go as far. So it's just Clarice Lou. I tried. <laughs> I think you did great. Thank you. Do you want to actually spell Clarice Lou? Oh, yeah, sure. It's a, so C-L-A-R-I-S-S-E and then L-O-U. Excellent. And folks- Not that who, type of Lou. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> Not the British Lou. <laughs> Excellent note to end on. Thank you for that, Tierney. And oh, you're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. And like we mentioned, we've got a lot of fun coming in store on Wednesday's episode. So- where to now, Tierney? To Tom Hanks dancing, of course. To Tom Hanks dancing. Now I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go when the volcano blows. Let me say now I don't know. Something is really different. I'm a growler.